0: Well, that was a way better voice than I had last Sunday. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I woke up Sunday morning and went upstairs to. Um, I hadn't been feeling well on Friday or Saturday. Went upstairs to uh, find out if there was some COVID tests in the house, and I said out loud, "Hi," and nothing came out (laughs) there was no voice which I don't know I did I it it didn't you know I just woke up with absolutely no voice and um, messaged Pastor Joel at seven o'clock in the morning and I was like I don't think I can I don't think I can talk never mind whether or not I should be anywhere because of sickness and so here I am I have a voice and uh, (laughs) I'm happy to have a voice (laughs) Okay, thanks, guys. Um, Yeah, on uh, Friday morning, I was uh, with the Chinese Bible study, and it was great. And at the end, towards the end of talking, for the better part of an hour, I was less and less of a voice, so we'll see how it goes. As soon as my voice wears out, I'm done. And so I'll just walk off the stage. I kind of wanted the worship team to just keep playing this morning. There was such a sweet, sweet presence that... As I was thinking about getting up here, I thought, well, we could just let the piano just sing this morning because there was just peace. There was something about just peace in the presence of God and wanting that as I talk about being resensitized or being sensitized to faith, to community, to the Holy Spirit and being renewed in that today. I uh, started and totally recommend um, starting at a new church during COVID. I I totally recommend it. Um, It's awesome to meet people with masks on and then awesome to meet people on Zoom and learn things, learn how we do things. It was months before I even attended a service on a Sunday and had no idea how we did things. How how does Northside do things? Because COVID is just a really weird time to, to join a church. And there are ways when we join churches, when we get new jobs, when we go to new schools, when we move to a new country, there are ways. There are words, there are practices, there are efforts that are made, there's community and connection. And we are sensitized to where we're at. And there are times when we are so aware and so comfortable that we need to be resensitized. We can get so comfortable in a relationship, so comfortable in our pattern, so comfortable in showing up here on Sunday and hearing a message and hearing our, our worship teams lead us. We can hear people lead us in prayer. We can become so comfortable and so sensitized that we need a resensitized. We need a, a wake up, a refreshing, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture today is right after this passage we've been talking about for the last, well, (laughs) we had a little bit of a hiccup last week because... This was supposed to be right after we'd talked about the fivefold uh, ministry gifts for the last number of weeks. But we've been talking about these gifts of the apostle and pastor and prophet and evangelist and teacher. And what the purpose of those gifts being to build up the church and lead us in the way of love. And teach us and, and create opportunity for unity in the faith. And these gifts are talked about with great importance in the church. And then there's this passage of scripture that we're looking at today, and I'm going to jump right in with it. It says in verse 17 of Ephesians 4, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. Literally, we're rolling right out of talking about the gifts being to build maturity and unity in the faith, and and this really good Part. And Paul rolls right into this, and he says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. The main point today is that life has a way of darkening our minds, hardening our hearts, and losing our sensitivity to God and his ways. And Paul's reminder to the Ephesians church is that what they were taught, they were taught to follow Christ and what they were taught is an invitation to us today for us to prayerfully consider our ways and respond accordingly. I am, (laughs) I just, I don't know about you, but I seem to think that I will get to a point in my life, in my faith, where it gets easier or there's less to point out when I pray, search me, O God, and I've said this before, I, I just, I keep hoping that I'm going to get to the place where Jesus is like, yeah, we're good. You're good. <laughs> well done, you. And as I've been looking at this text and hearing this word, where it's rolling right out of the whole body is joined together and held together, and unity in the faith, and maturity of the faith, and that's what these gifts are for. And then he rolls right into this part. I tell you not to live like the Gentiles do in the darkened mind, hardened heart, the futility of their life. And as I've had a lot longer to pour over this passage and sit in this passage, and allow the Holy Spirit to just show the calloused areas of heart. A Couple weeks ago, Pastor Joel mentioned how our hearts can grow calloused. Last week, the whole message of coming out of agreement and coming into agreement, the posture for today is one of openness to hear what the Holy Spirit might be speaking to each of us today. The areas where our mind might have become darkened because of the world that we live in. Our heart might be calloused because of pain or sickness or confusion or life, disappointment. We can lose our sensitivity to God, His ways. The community around us and the Holy Spirit. And today is an invitation to be re-sensitized, to be renewed, reminded of what God would have for us and be calling us to. We need to be resensitized to the way of Christ. And if you're following along on the notes and you're wondering why there's a square brackets around re. Because we need to be sensitized to the way of Christ, and if you've been in this journey for a while, you might need to be resensitized to the way of Christ. So, I don't want to assume that everybody understands the way of Christ and understands the process of faith, and we're all at different points of our journey. So, you might be at a place where you hear scripture today and you're like, I didn't know, I shouldn't lie. So you're being sensitized to the way of Christ. And for those of us that have been around a while and maybe heard this text before, we might need to be re-sensitized to the fact that we need to not be liars, which is in the text. So that's why there's a re-sensitized. We need to be re-sensitized to the way of Christ. A number of years ago, I, was, uh, um, I had an office at the church in Pell River, and I biked everywhere because, well, I just really like biking. I didn't want. I don't like biking here because I don't like death. Um, but Pal River is a meandering, quiet little town, and you could bike everywhere. And so I biked like nine months of the year. I biked everywhere. I didn't didn't drive anywhere hardly. And uh, this one day, I came out of the office, and there was this young boy uh, taking my bike. And I, I. I looked at him and I was like, that's my bike. That's the only thing I knew to say was, that's my bike. And he says, I'm running late for a job interview. I promise, I'll bring it back. Can I borrow your bike? And I said, no, that's my bike. And so he put it back and went running off and I turned around and went, into the church office and literally felt like the Holy Spirit said, you have two bikes. Why didn't you just let him borrow the bike? And it was very gentle, very just, you know, the Holy Spirit just kind of subtly convicted me of that. And I literally turned around and I went out and I couldn't see him. I jumped on my bike, rode around everywhere and I, I could not find this kid. I hadn't seen him before in River was a small town and the area around the church isn't that large, and I, part of me wonders to this day whether or not I was being tested by an angel unaware, but there was this moment where I just stood there, and I went, God, I never want to miss the prompting to be generous, the prompting to loan without expecting to get it back, unless you're talking about some of the books in my library and then I really have a hard time loaning those ones. But the way of Christ, and then I turn in scripture and found Jesus saying, if you have two and someone asks you for one, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. So we need to be sensitized and resensitized to the way of Christ. As we turn to scripture, it never ceases to amaze me how often I need to be reminded About these processes. In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 20, right after he says, I tell you this, don't live as the Gentiles live, he goes in to say this, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus... You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You were taught to put off your old ways, to put on new ways, to be made new in the attitude Mind. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here except to say that, because Pastor Joel talked about this last week, except to say that literally in my notes, when it says put off, it says come out of agreement. And when it says put on, it says come into agreement. I would show you, but... There is literally right here. That was going to be the point um, when I got here. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to last week and listen to the message from last week because it really was the heart of this point is putting off, coming out of agreement with our deceitful desires, with the, the feelings, the thoughts, the hardened areas and putting on... Love and joy and peace and truth, becoming like God. We are created to be like God. Which doesn't always mean a complete change in who we are. I like to say, I'm taking who I am, putting it in Jesus, and waiting to see what comes out the other side a nicer, kinder, more patient, more loving, more joyful person. The way of Christ includes putting off our old ways and putting on new ways and a willingness to be made new in our minds. I think that willingness to be made new in our minds is one of the things that we struggle with. Maybe you don't. But when a lie is highlighted in my life, it feels easier to believe what I've believed all the days of my life than to surrender it and allow the truth of who I am, who I'm created to be, that I am not alone, that I'm not lonely, that I'm not, one of the beliefs that I held so deeply for a lot of years, I was in uh, counseling school to become a counselor, and one of the teachers uh, would do this exercise at the beginning and end of class, and it was just basically finish the sentence. And um, the one day he said, I believe about myself. And then you were just supposed to finish the sentence. Without thinking about it, just I believe about myself, that. And out of my mouth came, People only like me because they have to. And I stopped and I went, Weird. I didn't know I thought that. But when I sat in it and thought about it, it was so very true, so profoundly deeply true, that I, I could just I could present the case and I could sentence the the verdict was it was the solidest thing in my internal reality was that people only liked me because they had to. And this was, you know, 30-year-old me coming to face-to-face with this lie that I had internally. And, you know, saying it out loud and, you know, applying truth to it did all the right things, but it didn't change that quickly. I had to want it to change. I had to let go of it. I had to be made new in my mind. And it took some time, because I was safe there. I was safe in that place. I was safe understanding, you know, people only like me because they have to. It creates a certain amount of safety. People are always gonna disappoint me. (laughs) There is just going to be, like, it was safe in my little world. And surrendering that point of belief about who I am, about how we operate, about who you are, and being made new in my mind, and becoming a person who who sought the truth in the deepest places, who sought the truth in relationship with one another, who sought the truth in those areas of hardened heart and darkened mind. It was a process of being made new. Are you open to the way of Christ, to our mind, your mind being made new, to putting off old ways, to put on new ways, to become more and more and more like Jesus. A Couple summers ago, I was preaching a message and uh, it was about the um, Shema. Um, which is a Jewish prayer, and it's basically, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I felt convicted while I was doing it to um, set an alarm on my watch for 8.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m., and when the alarm goes off, that prayer gets prayed in my head. And it's been about a year and a half now, and it still goes off. In fact, <laughs> during worship practice, sometimes when I'm not around my phone, it'll be going off in the front row and the worship team will be like, your alarm is going off. I'll be in the middle of meetings and just be like, oh, sorry, and have to turn my alarm off. And what the posture of praying this prayer has done for me is that in the morning, I pray, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind with all my strength and it makes me look at the day with this posture of surrender. And then at the end of the day, or towards the end of the day, because 8.30 really isn't the end of my day, but towards that evening hour, I pray the same prayer and I reflect on the day and you know what happens? The points where I wasn't loving the Lord with all my heart and soul and mind and strength those kind of surface. And it's like, I need to do better. I need to be better. God, I just give you all of this short temper, whatever it would be, God, I give it, I give it to you. And in this prayer in the morning and the evening is this dynamic of putting on Christ. And I see in my thinking and I see in my days a more and more aware of Christ being put on or me walking in my old ways and shortness of patience, whatever it would be. We need to be resensitized to the way of Christ. Whatever that looks like for you, if it's a posture of prayer in the morning or in the evening, asking for the Holy Spirit to show you the way of Christ this day. We need to be people who are growing and growing and growing in the way of Christ. The second point is that we need to be resensitized to the community around us. On June 7th, 2020, I was in Powell River, might have even been preaching the sermon that I just talked about, and the church was reopened in the COVID you know, journey that was, churches open and not open, and limited capacity and all of those things. The church had closed down in, in March, And then in June, there was a provision for, I can't even remember the amount of time, but we got to be back together, and I was there uh, in Powell River, and I will remember all my days, the sound of singing together. It had been months of online, I would lead worship by Zoom, which is not good. Just, it's not good. It's not what Zoom was designed for. It's, it's not good. And if you're a musician, you will know. It's just, it's not good. It got better. Um, but at the beginning of COVID, that was not what Zoom was supposed to be done for. So, I mean, people were, God bless us. I just remember seeing people singing and, you know, making the most of it. But how many know that was not a fun time? It's not It's just not the same, me in my pajamas, eating pancakes, singing to myself on the couch. It's just not the same. And so when we got back together and heard the people singing around me, there was something powerful that happened then. Even standing here today, because I wasn't singing because I didn't want to use my voice up, listening to people singing is such a beautiful thing to be part of. But how many know that being in the same room at the same time isn't community? And as I stood in church that day, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is powerful, but you're going to need to make an effort to connect with people again. I loved covid I am an introvert. I really don't need people. I'm sorry. Part of the way of Christ in me has been a deep and abiding and profound love of people, where I do need people. I do need people. My old flesh doesn't need people. Putting on Christ, I need people. But COVID, being home alone in control of my time and spending it however I wanted to, I loved it. And then getting back into church and back into the rhythms of meeting with people and and seeing people and asking them how they were and connecting and checking in and checking on. We need to be sensitized and resensitized to community. This was supposed to be the Sunday that we had the name tags, so this point makes better sense if you remember that last Sunday we had name tags on. Because learning people's name and getting connected, that's even just a first step. How many did something? with the people you connected with last Sunday? How many reached out past here and now to people that you connected with last Sunday? What does it look like for you to be in community beyond being together in this room on Sunday morning, which is great? But community happens beyond the doors of the church, beyond this time on Sunday morning. And what would God be speaking to you about connecting with the people that are here, with the community of faith? What is God saying to your heart? Who is in your path? Ephesians 4, 32 to 5, verse 2, it says this. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, and then if we go back up to verse 25, it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may share that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Be kind, be compassionate, be forgiving, walk in the way of love, speak truthfully, deal with anger, don't give the devil a foothold, stop stealing, (laughs) which is funny because Most people would be like, I don't steal. (laughs) But I was sitting in even that one and I was thinking about the fact that our use of our resources of time and energy and effort, if we aren't sowing our resources of time, energy, and effort into community, into connection, we are stealing, if we are only ever showing up to take, that's a, it's a bit of theft going on. If I'm not using my resources, my abilities, my energy, my efforts, if I'm not using with a posture of serving, there is a bit of stealing going on. And it's a community word. Again, being kind, being compassionate, being forgiving, walking in the way of love, speaking truthfully, dealing with anger, not giving the enemy a foothold, which speaks to dealing with conflict, dealing with those things that come up against and set us against one another, letting no unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, only what is helpful for building others up And this is just, I love that this is in scripture. According to their needs, that it may be helpful for those who listen. How many have heard of the five love languages? I think it comes right out of scripture here. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. It's such a beautiful part of community that I would Choose to learn your language, to learn what you need to be encouraged, to learn what you need to be built up, to know that you are loved. That's a calling of being sensitized to the community around us. If I'm saying I love you and it's not a way that you hear it, it's not a helpful. Sometimes, one of the most spiritual things that we can do is learning about another person, learning about their life, learning about what they need. We need to be sensitized to the community around us, their needs, what makes them feel encouraged, loved, built up. Following the way of love means relating to one another in compassion, kindness, forgiveness, and truth. Who is someone that you can connect with before next Sunday? It doesn't have to be in a, you know, a come over for dinner, and it can be. We've been talking about community for months. And eventually... We, we can't build, com- I can't do all the work of building community. It eventually has to be each of us saying, no, this is a priority for me, not just a lip service that Pastor Joel and I are standing up here saying, we're a place of community, we're a people of community. If you want to have a hike, if you want to have a barbecue, if you are feeling on your heart that you need to connect with that person over there, that is you following the prompting of the Holy Spirit and being sensitive to the community around us. And that's, I mean, Paul doesn't mix words. We're not to live in the darkened mind, not to live in the futility of our thinking, but we're to put on Christ and practice what it means to be in community together. Who is someone that you can connect with before next Sunday? It's a challenge. All right, if anybody wants to hang with Bernie. (laughs) Thank you. I'm available. But let's not move, just move on from like a a nice point, but who is God putting on your heart? To text, to arrange a coffee, walk, hike, Donuts, Tim Hortons, Starbucks. Who is someone that you can connect with? Final point today we need to be resensitized to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I absolutely love that in this list of a lot of behavioral and ethical statements about how we should live our life and no unwholesome talk and, you know, no, no no lying and all of that kind of stuff, right in the middle are these little short, there's just this little short verse and it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then it goes right back in, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice and rolls right into be kind and compassionate, forgiving. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I love it because it's, it flows right out of let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up and do not grieve the Holy Spirit who seals you for the day of redemption and then it goes right back into get rid of all bitterness, rage, slander, anger, And all of these things, right in the middle of a list of how we should relate to one another and the discipleship process in general is this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we do is get along and get connected. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do isn't singing songs of worship, which I totally love, and it isn't sitting in a posture of, God, what are you saying, which I absolutely adore, and it isn't reading scripture to understand or grow, Here, Sometimes the most spiritual thing I can do is get along, forgive, reach out, connect, put away bitterness, Put away rage, put away anger and deal with it, not giving the enemy a foothold, actually having the hard conversation, actually saying, there's something I need to talk to you about, which is not easy, it's not. But sometimes the most spiritual thing we do is get along and get connected. And we need to be resensitized to the leading of the Holy Spirit in this process of being in community. We need the conviction of love and forgiveness that is found in Jesus, not just sin. We need the conviction of love of God, the love that God has for us and the forgiveness It's in this text, forgive as God forgave you, follow God's example, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us. We need the conviction of love and forgiveness that is found in Jesus. And out of that, I'm just struck time and time again as people talk about encountering the love of God they can't help but add that it gives them such a love for the people around them. I am impacted by God's love and then I see the people around me with that same love. We need a conviction of love and forgiveness found in Jesus and we also need a conviction of sin and unrighteousness. We need both. We need the conviction of God's love for us and we need the conviction of those areas that are not wholesome, that are bitter, that are rage, that are the things that need attention. The leading of the Holy Spirit includes following the conviction of love and relationship with God as well as sin and unrighteousness. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back as they just close up and lead into a time of posturing our lives as we turn towards singing at the end of the service today. Sometimes I wonder wonder if you ever wonder, well, why, why do we sing? And I love this time at the end of the service to take what has been sung, what has been prayed, what has been said, what has been read, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart. What does it look like for me? Last week I was at home on my couch and I was praying about, God, what are the things that I need to come out of agreement with and come into agreement with? And I was just sitting there and taking the time at the end of the service with the communion and the song to to listen to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit would be saying today, that it would not be said of me that my heart is hard, my mind is darkened, and I have lost sensitivity. So as we pray, as we spend some time in this song, considering what is it to create in me a clean heart, God, search me and try me. Are there any ways that I need to be softened (laughs) enlightened, resensitized to hearing, to love, to surrender, to community. Let's just turn our hearts in prayer and pause for a moment before we sing today. God, we turn our attention towards you again. We have sang, we've prayed, we've read scripture, we've heard words. God, I just pray for a refreshing awareness of your voice speaking, of your spirit leading. That there would be revelation of your great and abounding love for us. That there would be knowledge of what is holy and righteous. God, we open our hearts to you. We say you are welcome to show us whatever you need to show us. Whether that's conviction of sin, whether that's profound awareness of your love, whether that's just a little nudge to reach out to so-and-so, text so-and-so. God, we just... We want whatever you have for us. We want to be a people of community. We want to be a people that are connected deeply and profoundly to your spirit shaping us. Connecting us. Making us more and more like Jesus. So God, would you have your way as we turn to you in song and we say the words, what can I say? I'm just offering my heart, oh God, completely to you. God, would we be that complete to you today? Have your way. In your name, Jesus.